Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey. A little smartass running around giving orders to everybody. Judd Zolgad. Judd. Do you enjoy any part of your job and any part of sports? Is there anything you take joy in? Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Tell me, tell me if you love me or not. Love me or not. Love me or not. Clock at 11. Yes, a knockaway by Selden. Hammer. Nail. Coffin. This baby is over. You know, like you can deal with the missed shots. That's part of the game. The... You know, we, we gave them 15 threes, you know, so, and, you know, the, the physicality of the game, we didn't, we didn't respond well to it. It's like broken you think, record. You think broken tips? record. And they, and they still might, like, they might still get to the playoffs. First things first, if you guys are as mad about that game last night or have as many questions about Tom Thibodeau in two years now as we do, Wolves vent line impromptu. We've never done this. They've never mattered enough for us to do this. 651 646 8255 877 615 1500. We will allow you to vent about the Wolves and Tom Thibodeau or hell, defend him if you want to. Call in if you have a dissenting opinion. After last night, that's difficult. Um, like I came up with during the commercial break, I think great NBA coaches possess these four qualities. And maybe I'm missing a quality here, but. When I think of Brad Stevens and Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr or Mike D'Antoni has been an innovative, great coach over the years. I mean, people forget about Dwayne Dwayne Casey in Toronto the last five or six years. It's been incredible. Didn't I read something or I heard something in the past couple weeks that Dwayne Casey, after last year, basically sat down and redid a bunch of his philosophies and and how maybe, maybe. and how Toronto did things as well. Wouldn't but, shock me because I, I a think coach. I think his his feeling was we're doing well, but we're, we're being bounced in the playoffs quickly. And I think he he essentially said, okay, what can I change? Yeah, and that and and he's been successful even in the lead up. But yeah, that's what great coaches do, right? So here's my list of four qualities that great NBA coaches in today's game possess. Mm-hmm. Number one, they all have mostly thoughtful, calm demeanors. They're not bellowing for two and a half hours. Now that's not to say that they can't get mad. Like Greg Popovich clearly gets mad, but he's mostly tranquil and calm, and he's not Phil Jackson Zen like, but he's much calmer than Tom Thibodeau, right? Number two, they are adaptable. They're flexible with their rosters and strategies. They can mold their systems when they need to, and they can integrate new players, whether it's a 10-day contract guy or a new free agent. They're very flexible and adaptable in the way that they go about you know, molding players to systems and vice versa. Number three, they connect well on a human level with their players. They empower their players. They empathize with their players. They listen to their players. 
Brad Stevens, again. They handle them differently. Greg Popovich, again, correct. Yes. And then number four, they value three-point shooting and rest in today's NBA. All of those coaches. Three-point shooting and rest. Okay. So Tibbs really does none of those four things, but you thought, like, this is where we all knew there was going to be some red flags coming into this thing two years ago, but you thought, A, he would learn from his time in Chicago, which he took a 12- or 13-month tour around the world, right, going and meeting with the the top coaches in different sports, and it was basically a year of learning. So you thought, all right, well, he went on a year of learning, so he probably learned a few things from his time in Chicago and what didn't work. And also, even if he doesn't provide some of these classic traits that the great coaches currently have, he brings great defense. So you can you can live with the quirks, and maybe it, maybe he runs starters into the ground, whatever, but like they're going to play great defense. Well, he's not checking any of these boxes. They're just winning because they have Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns. That's it. I don't see. I need help reconciling the value of Tom Thibodeau beyond, hey, he brought Jimmy Butler here. Well, I think that you and I made the same mistake that Glenn did, which is we knew for a fact that with the Bulls, Tibbs drove his bosses crazy. But we figured, okay, you went and spent time with Pop, and I think Steve Kerr, and this list of coaches. And so so you took some downtime. You would have thought that he 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 would have said, what did I do wrong in Chicago? He would have learned from that, and he didn't. Now, here's the real problem, though. There's no one besides Glenn above him. If he was just the coach, then you could say, well, the GM's got to do something, or there has to be a change if he doesn't. But when you give him total authority, and, and this goes back to what I've said for a long time, whenever you give a head coach authority of the roster, unless that's a really, really good coach, Belichick-like, it's dangerous because the power there is complete. And the only person that can come down on that guy, the only one, is the guy that owns the team. And now the question is this. Do you trust Glenn Taylor to see this through in the proper manner. Well, no, clearly, and my answer no. and my answer is obviously no way. Although I have heard now from three different sources, let's call them, that Glenn Taylor has had sit-downs with Tom Thibodeau about just how how much he bellows and swears on the sideline. So like, there's definitely like there's definitely well, Glenn and his wife were there for every game hearing him. But there's definitely there's definitely some tension there. I don't know to what extent, but Glenn Taylor's not thrilled with Tom Thibodeau. Let's put it that way, from what I've heard behind the scenes. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Wolves vet line. First time ever, I think, on this show. Miguel, go ahead, buddy. Man, I should be the host of this thing. <laughs> go, Hi, go Miguel. Ahead, How are you? Good to hear from you. What's going, going down, fellas? Hey, I was, I was a couple quick things, and you guys kind of touched on them. But one thing was, I would. Uh, do you believe... <clears throat> At, uh, if Flip's still around, he finds a coach for the team, or if he's coaching, and he just keeps the young guys and Rubio, do you believe this team would still be right around where they are? Yes. About, well, well, actually, hold on. Do you J- believe J- they'd be fighting for about their, the, anywhere from the from basically nine till sixty? I think Flip would get. I think Flip would be getting more out of the totality of the roster, but I don't think Jimmy Butler would be on the team. To, to I mean, no, Jimmy Butler was like a power boost, obviously. Uh, so in different ways, I think they'd be around the same record and fighting for an eight seed. Yes. Well, I would. I would say they might be better or right around. And the reason I say better is well because look at Levine and and, and he's doing fine. 
But the real case study is, and this is what you talked about, Judge, here's a guy who gets to pick his players. No coach is ever good at picking and doing that. Phil Jackson didn't pick players, right? Mm -hmm. Greg Popovich ain't picking all the players. They seem to be doing pretty good. Steve Kerr ain't picking guys. He seems to be doing pretty good. It's too much on your plate. You got to handle too much. Tibbs. He's reaching out straight to – he's trying to reach back to glory days, bringing in Chicago. Derrick Rose ain't been able to play forever, Judge. You, you touched on that. The guy hasn't changed the system. You guys just touched on how he went on this tour, and he's still the same guy. Now I'm questioning his defense acumen. Why am I questioning that? Well, he had Kevin Garnett, Rajon Rondo, Tony Allen, Bob – I mean, he had guys – he had dogs out there who were willing to defend. KG, MVP, every year top uh, defensive player of the year. So when you have these pieces, you got Doc Rivers, who's actually a great coach and good defensive coach when he's just coaching and not picking players because he's done a great job in, in, with the, uh, the Clippers, and they don't have any stars. So this guy, in a blowout a couple weeks ago, had the starters still in the game. He is really testing people in the, up here in the fan base, but he's getting the, he's getting results based on what what Mackie said. You just got better players than some of the, most of these other guys. Yeah. You just got better players than them. Because the, Levine and, and Chris Dunn, Chris Dunn is showing out in Chicago. He couldn't get none of that here. He yeah. couldn't get nothing out of him. Yeah, Miguel, you bring up a lot of good points and if if uh if others have things to vent about, six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred um, it's so conflicting because this is the best they've been in a long time, but it's just, it doesn't even, it just, it just feels weird. It just, it feels, it feels dirty almost. I said this when, when you were on vacation last week, Phil, it feels like we've skipped a step here. This year should be fun. It's for like everybody. watching someone at the dentist or something. But, but this year should be fun. It's been, it's been 13 years since you, you made the playoffs and you've got a, you've still got a good chance to do that. This year should be about, hey, this is a great season. This has been fun. And it feel it feels like Wolves fans have gone from being apathetic and not caring yeah. to sort of caring to being mad now. And I think I honestly think that that is a tone laid down by Tibbs. Now, some folks might be fine with with that, and I get that. If you're just pleased that they've made or that they could make the playoffs. But that being said, we've skipped a step. Wolves fans have gone from being like, I don't care about them, to I care, and now I'm mad. And I honestly think that that's a tone that starts with Tibbs. Of course. I mean, that's that's how he is. That's how, and I don't, the biggest problem is this. I don't think he's changing. I really don't. I don't think that there's going to be any reflection on, wow, you know what? I could have done this. I could have played those guys more. I think this all comes down to, this is the way I do things. I'm going to continue to do it. And now your problem is, where are the checks and balances? There are none besides Glenn, who I don't trust. Devin, Leroy, we'll get to. So wait, let's keep Wolves' vent line going here. I also have another damning stat about the Wolves' defense. And let's, you know, they still could make the playoffs here, and Jimmy Butler could still come back. There still could be a somewhat happy ending to the season. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500 from the TCL Broadcast Studios. We're ready. Are you? The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Ready, Max Control? Ready, switch on. This is 1500 ESPN. All right, Judd. 
Wolves Vent Line, the first ever on Mackie and Judd. We have uh, it's going swimmingly right now. We've reached a new one here from the TCL Broadcast Studio. 651-646-8255. Real quick, damning Wolves defensive stat. So they take, basketball reference has this, the two most efficient shots statistically in basketball are the point-blank shot, obviously, the dunk or the layup, uh, and the corner three because it's, it's closer and players make it at a higher percentage generally. The Wolves allow the highest percentage of dunks defensively in the NBA, and they allow the fifth highest percentage of corner threes. So they're either they're either funneling players, opposing players, to spots that are efficient for them to score, mm-hmm. or they're just incapable of defending the most efficient spots on the floor. I'll or take number two right some now. Some combination. 651-646-8255. Devon, you're on the show. Go ahead. You're on Wolves' vent line. Hey, Judd and Mike, how you guys doing today? What's up, man? Great. Doing all right? Yeah, good, good. That's what's up. Man, first of all, without Jimmy Butler, Todd Gibson, Teague, there's no way that they'll be fighting for a playoff position. Zach's already was hurt. I love Zach. Chris was good, but there's no way. Flip's the great, Chris Flip was the greatest coach he ever had. I'm not going to figure it. Thibodeau, I don't like him at all as a coach. Um, the GM, if you can get people to come play for you, that's your main thing in the GM for me. Managing the cap and everything, but there's no way you can say they're eliminated. They're eliminated two weeks ago. Well, I, I would say let me let me add this though. I would say that I think I'm personally I'm taking into account the fact that not that not that Flip Saunders would have landed Jimmy Butler, but that he would have spent money in free agency to land someone like three point shooting or they would have beefed up the roster enough. And I think he would have. I think he was a look at look at what he got out of some of those KG and Scrubs teams that went to the playoffs year after year, like. He got no. He, he got a ton out of those players. Matthew, Matthew, listen. He didn't do nothing until Sam Miami came into town. Until the Trailblazers coach came into town. That's when they did some. All that first round buy stuff. That's that's dead. But I love the show. I just wanted to say that because that's crazy. Players went in the NBA. Talent wins out. You guys are doing a great job. Keep up the good work, fellas. All right, thank, thank you, you. We can take issue. I mean, that's a kind of a pointless. Like we, yeah, whatever, we just disagree we on no that. Uh, yes. Leroy, you're on the show. Hey, so first off, I got to say it's an honor and privilege to be a part of the first event line, Wolves event line, you guys. So thank you very much. Welcome aboard. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, we're all in this together, Leroy. Absolutely, we are uh, for many, many years now. So here's my point. I completely disagree with the last caller. This is not a personnel issue at all. This is a inspiration issue. This is a our guys aren't having fun issue. I think personally we would be six to ten games better right now if Sam Mitchell was coaching this team. Let me let me go back two years, guys. Remember when Mitchell was coaching the squad? Mm-hmm. Two years ago, we had Rubio, we had Levine, all young guys, didn't know how to close out games. But you know what they did know how to do? They had fun. And we got up on teams by 20 often. We were blowing teams out, and we didn't know how to close them out. This team is far more talented, way more disciplined, but they never blow out even the worst teams we just saw last night. These guys aren't having fun, and Thibodeau can't inspire effort, and that's why our defense is bad. That's why we don't blow teams out, because they're not actually on the court playing ball in a way that modern basketball is played. If you look at the best teams, the Sixers, the Warriors, the, the Rockets, they're having fun night in and night out playing the game that they love. And our young guys and our veterans simply are tired and, and grinding every single game out and really, all you have to do is look at the sideline and Thibodeau and his attitude, 
and it just is bleeding throughout this entire squad. I was skeptical when he came on board, but that's my comment. I'd love to hear what you guys think about that. Leroy, thank you for the phone call. It's intriguing. How many other teams in any sport have you heard where the complaints are about playing time being too much? When you have veteran players basically saying the bench has to play, ordinarily it's always, I need to play more, right? I'm not playing enough. How many times do you hear veteran players saying, play the bench? And and the, the lack of Tibbs' willingness to adjust was on display last night because you had just seen a game in which your bench took you from being down massively on the road and got you back in the game and sort of proved something. And your starters were not playing well. And instead of saying, you know what, that last game, man, I saw something there. I'm going to, I'm going to at least try these guys again. You sat them all. It's a small thing, but to me, it's important because Saturday night emphasized the fact that your bench can play. And this is Memphis. This is Memphis. You're not playing Golden State. So you're not saying, well, we just can't compete. What you're looking for, to the caller's point, is what? A spark, right? You got that spark on Saturday. It's right there for you. And you, because you're completely stubborn, say, I'm not doing that again. That makes no sense. Uh, Wolves' vent line continues. 651-646-8255. Luke, you're on the show. Hi, uh, yeah, Mackie. You, you criticize Wiggins a lot and Towns a lot, and rightfully so. But do you think Carl Towns deserves any of it? Deserves any criticism? You don't criticize oh. him that much. You yeah. mean, I don't criticize Towns really at all. Yeah, but to me, is he that much better this, at this point than what Kevin Love was? That no, that's an interesting question. So because to, to me, he like he puts up great numbers, but did he really make the team that much better a lot of times down the stretch? So he, that's a really good question. I well, Towns is a Towns is a better player than Love right now. Like Towns, I know Love put up the video game numbers when he was here, but. Towns is a eye test, and statistically, Towns is a better player. Now, you, you might look, there might be some advanced numbers that show you, like, in Love's peak season that he was a borderline MVP candidate. But just, like, eye test will help you decipher Towns is a better player than Love. He's a better three-point shooter than Love, and Love is a really good three-point shooter. Both have defensive deficiencies. I think Towns has a lot more defensive upside than Love. I don't think either of them are, like, Towns is never going to be KG defensively. I mean, KG was ferocious. Um... But Cat, I think Cat impacts the game. It's hard to prove this because it's like different rosters, and you know, Love had Ricky Rubio helping with yeah. certain things, and but some um, bad teams. Too. I think Towns is a better player, but I think it's a fair question that you've got guys who are supremely talented and effective offensively, don't give you a lot defensively, and uh, probably don't have the right coaching to squeeze this? everything out of them too. Does Towns have more to give? Absolutely. Is Towns the problem? Absolutely not. That's a very fair way of putting it, yes. Uh, Wolves vent line continues. Billy, you're on the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You know you know what really frustrates me is that, you know, he, Thibodeau, he could bring up any point he wants, but the bottom line is he, he basically dismantled the team into his, you know, these are the players he wanted. And I basically thought when they got Butler – that he was just pretty much icing on the cake. Like, they, they, they should have had the talent already, you know, because he got rid of certain players, Rubio and whatnot. And then he got, you know, and Butler was like the icing on the cake. And now, to make an excuse or anybody to, to justify the fact that, that without Butler, we have no chance, you know, we we we're, we should have had a chance without Butler. But with Butler, yeah, he, he just makes us that much better. 
And, and another point I'd like to bring up, uh, it's, it's a three-point game. And, uh, you know, in, in Thibodeau's, uh, his big thing is defense. And, and I don't know how you can defend three-point shoot, shooting. You really can't. I mean, if they come out and put a hand in your face, then the, the real good three-point shooter is just going to back with four more feet. They could shoot it on with blindfold, and it's frustrating to watch it because, you know, they, you know like closing out games, we don't have a shooter that can knock down a three when you need it or even a, just an easy bucket, you know. So I'll hang up and listen. Well, I disagree with that last part. Like, I mean, I agree that it's harder to guard threes now than ever before because guys are just better shooters, but – you know, like the Boston Celtics allow opponents to shoot 33% from downtown. The Sacramento Kings allow opponents to shoot almost 40% from downtown. Is that just luck? Like, is the difference between yeah. between that luck? Oh, you no. can guard a guy. Uh, his, his second point is intriguing because I, I think I brought this up with you a couple days ago, Phil. I don't get the roster construction for the Wolves from a three-point perspective. Towns is your best three-point shooter, but I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand how how you don't observe if you are building a roster right now, how you don't look around the league and say what's working, especially in my conference, and you've got a team that can't shoot threes. Yeah, not they, consistently. Uh, they have uh, the, the Wolves have taken the fewest amount of three pointers of any team in the NBA, and it's not even really well. The, the Knicks are, are down there too, but uh, so on a percentage basis, just like percentage of shots. The Wolves take uh, one in every four shots as a three-pointer. The Rockets, two in every four. It's like the Rockets are taking twice as many three-pointers as the Wolves are, and it's working. Obviously, like it does. Just because you shoot threes doesn't mean that it's that you're that you're going to be better offensively. Because there's some crappy teams that shoot threes, like the Nets, the Mavericks shoot threes. Right. There's some bad teams that shoot three. I mean, the Hawks take a lot of threes. But you want to build a crappy. roster that can shoot threes effectively. Yeah. If you go in, the problem is when you go in and there's that much of a gap. If you're going to play the Rockets in a game and you're spotting them like 30 or 40 points from the three point line, you better be damn good in every other area. You better out rebound them. You better out paint them. You better you better d them up in the other areas. Uh, Brent, you're on Wolves Vent Line. Hi guys. What's uh, up, Brent? Brent? First time caller. Big fan. Of Welcome the to the show. And, uh, and I love the discussion. Thank you. Uh, I was at the game last night, very frustrated. I'm sorry. Of the loss, of course. But I still think the biggest issue here is the bench. We have a very substandard bench, and certainly one that Thibodeau is not even comfortable playing guys. Until we shore that up, and I think that will help the team a great deal if we can get some talent on the bench that he trusts, and not just a guy like Crawford who is in the tail end of his year. We need some young guys. I'd, I'd really encourage him to play George's Hunt here a little bit just to give a little energy into the second unit. I'll listen. I'll hang up and listen. I, I mean, I agree. He's, like, what's yes. the point in having these guys on the roster? You know, but they, they just they showed you on Saturday that they can play, and then you refuse to play them against Memphis. Yeah. Well, he, he, here's another one, all right? So there's there's a million examples like this. And I think Tom Thibodeau's on the record saying the reason why he didn't bring in well, the reason why he brought in Rose is because he's familiar with my system and it's just like too much of a pain in the ass to have to teach a new player a system, right? Yes. And actually the player I'm gonna mention may have played for Tom Thibodeau for a minute in Chicago. Mm-hmm. They need three point shooting and they need someone off the bench that you can trust and come in, just someone to give you like fifteen or twenty minutes. Well, the seventy sixers signed Marco Bellinelli. So Bellinelli, I believe, was with the Hawks early in the year. He was available in February. 
And the Wolves have had roster spots open. It ain't like they have a jammed roster, and they're not even using half the guys on the bench anyways. Marco Bellinelli's a 38% three-point shooter on his career. He's available. Like, were they even in on him? No, he he wants people that that he knows and that that know him, and that's all he cares about. Yeah, it's like there's no flexibility here. There's not flexibility. There's not a you know what? That's a good idea. Do do I do I think that I I would guess off the top of my head right now that of the information and ideas that that uh, Layden Tibbs GM passes along. I would guess 5% gets used. Scott Lane's a smart basketball guy. I'm sure he's got a lot of thoughts Scott and Layton ideas. Scott also messed up a lot of things in New York in the late 90s, early 2000s but, that we kind of gloss over. So. But but, he, but he's not a dumb basketball guy. But my point is, I think Tibbs says, no, it's Derrick Rose. Because I know Derrick, and Derrick knows me, and damn it, it's going to work. And you say, Tibbs, he's going to get hurt. Yeah. And now he's hurt. Let's take one more on this here. Real quick here. Chandler's on the on the line. You're the last uh, Wolves vent line caller for this particular segment, Chandler. So bring it home. Hey, I was I'm a little late to the party. I just like flipped it on once I got out of class. But I don't know if you guys ever talked about uh, Glenn Taylor and how I just feel he is so incapable of running a franchise. And honestly, I wish the next move is if he would just sell the team. I I just I cannot stand the way he's been doing. He ruined the relationship with. KG, it's just, I mean, I feel like he has, nothing he's done in the last few years has just ever worked, and I mean, he's never going to want to sell the team either because of the young talent that currently is here, but what do you guys, what do, what do you guys think about Glenn Taylor? I don't know if you he's one of the yeah, on that or not. Chandler, it's a, you know, it's a good question. Thanks for calling in, man. He's one of the worst, over 25 years, he's one of the worst owners in professional sports, and a great guy, like, that's what he all is. He's you, a great guy, but he's one of the worst owners in professional sports the last 25 years. All you need to know about Glenn is when he didn't have an idea for a GM or a VP, and he went to David Stern, and Stern said, I know a guy for you. His name's David Kahn. That's all you need to know. <laughs> and it's spelled uh, C-O-N? No, no, no. Yeah. Give him a call. He's going to help oh, okay. your franchise. Yeah. That's all you need to know about a guy who, by the way, at that point had been in the NBA for, what, approximately 20 years? Yeah, at first, so. at first, I well, we'll come back to this Wolves thing later. Whatever. Dave, you got some stuff for us that's not Tom Thibodeau Wolves related. I sure do. I have yeah. somebody else who makes awkward radio, aside from Judd, and a story <laughs> of about. love and football. All right. uh, let's talk first about the TCL TV that's staring us in the face here. Uh, toughness, effort, and discipline. That's what's on the back of Johnny Football's T-shirt. And the reason why we can read that so clearly, even though he's running around and throwing passes at uh, A&M Pro Day here, is because we have 4K picture quality and resolution. It's it's one of the best TVs in the world uh, these days, TCL TVs. The P-Series specifically is getting a lot of rave reviews from top credible publications like PC Magazine, which awarded the TCL P-Series Editor's Choice and says... It offers HDR compatibility with impressive contrast and color performance paired with a wealth of connected features. So the best part is you get those 4,000-plus streaming channels and 450,000-plus movies, TV show episodes. If you're not watching sports on a TCL TV, you're missing out. The Masters coming up soon. You know, maybe uh, maybe treat yourself to one of the best TVs in the world, America's fastest-growing TV brand before... Uh, the Masters here in a couple weeks. Judd and I are going to be in a TCL theater box tomorrow at Target Center having a good time, too. So uh, any mo- any major local retailer in the Twin Cities or TCLUSA.com. 
Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Both of them sketchy and sometimes slow. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please rise. Men, remove your caps as we honor America and the Twin Cities sports scene with the playing of Woo! stuff you should know about. Awkward radio, Dave Harrigan. What are you talking about? I'm never awkward. I'm always sincere. Well, Sincere as can be. Yeah, no, you totally are. And speaking of awkward radio, I'll do my own here because I forgot to grab the sponsor copy before the intro. Stuff you know about trees is being killed in there. sponsored by LinkedIn. I don't know if you knew that. If you're hiring, businesses rate LinkedIn 40% higher than job boards at delivering quality candidates for a $50 credit toward your first post. Visit LinkedIn.com slash traffic terms and conditions apply. Woo! Now let's get to the awkwardness that was... Rowdy Ronda Rousey. Oh, my God. <laughs> Golick and Wingo this morning. A fairly simply straightforward question from Mike Golick. Let's go back and, and start with when you knew from the, the MMA, when you were done there, when you, when you knew in your mind, I'm not going to fight anymore. I never said that. Ah, so there is a possibility that you could go back in time? There's a possibility that I could go back in time. That's go, your question to me. Go back in time and, and, and fight. Go back in the octagon. I do not have the ability to go back in time, no. No. Would you fight again? Wow. I don't know. Can't okay. think enough for all the time, Ron. Wow, that yeah. was amazingly uncomfortable. So I love wrestling, obviously, and I root for the big stories like this, bring in a big splash, Ronda Rousey. WrestleMania, two Sundays, it's let's go. It's going to be a disaster. It's not going to work, and she'll be done within two years. Like, she's full-time, so they're going to, and they paid her a lot of money. She can't talk on a mic. She's clearly not a likable personality, other than just, like, smiling in front of cameras sometimes. She can't really act, which is a big part of being able to get on camera and deliver a promo and stuff. And a lot of these wrestlers, you might think, oh, you're going to go from the UFC to wrestling. A lot of these transitional athletes will spend two or three years in development learning how to wrestle and choreograph. She's going right into WrestleMania. It's going to be, she might break someone's neck. It's going to be bad. Like legitimately drop someone on their head. That was just awful. I don't know. That was uncomfortable. Back in time? What do you mean? That's your question? Just just be in time. But it wasn't even like, oh, I'm in wrestler mode. It was just disrespectful and weird. Yeah. You want disrespectful. How about <laughs> Mary Bell Hicks, grandmother of Jalen Rose? You remember him, Fab Four, Michigan. She's got a message for Sister Jean. Jean, it's been a good ride, but it's over Saturday. Go Blue, 100. Mary Bell Hicks, 100 oh, years old. She be- Two years older. Okay. okay when, Sister Jean. When, when she on. says it's all over for a 98-year-old, what does that mean? She means she's coming to get her. Is that just a basketball thing? Uh, or? You never know. Might pull the plug on her. <laughs> I don't think she's plugged in anywhere. Sister Jean's doing okay without the plug right now. I like it. Like plug out her clapper or something? <laughs> it might be it. Lifeline gets pulled. You're in trouble then, Dave. Uh, Shaq makes a lot of money. He said uh, on, uh, I think it was on Real Sports with Brian Gumbel uh, over the weekend that uh, he makes more money now in endorsements and investments than he ever made in his playing career. 
and there's one guy that's totally sick of that. So you're watching the game, and then the commercials pop up. And it's him. Then it's him. Then it's him. <laughs> and then we have to come back out, and, it's, and I'm looking right at him again. It's annoying. <laughs> I love that stuff love so Charles. much. Barkley's so great. <laughs> Rick liked it. I remember Sir Mix a lot. Baby yeah, got baby back. Baby got back. Sure. Classic. Yeah. He's still doing concerts. Not exactly filling arenas anymore, but he's still active, performing. Over the weekend, he was in San Diego, and he got away from the music a little bit. I said, "Don't you let that raggedy ass panels take that team from San Diego." I feel your pain because years ago the same happened to my Seattle Supersonics. They are now the Oklahoma Thunder. Oh, but let me say this to you. You guys know LA better than me. LA don't give a about the Chargers at all. Therefore, you will get them back in less than five years. Five years. And as for the Clippers, LA don't give a about the Clippers either. So, who owns the Clippers? Yeah. A gentleman that's from Seattle, Washington. Which means you get the Chargers, we'll get the Clippers, and together, Spanos. That's what I say. Wow. That's write that down material. Yeah, that's that a is, lot of write that down. Is he reporting any of this, or is it just reckless speculation by Sir Mix-a-Lot? Incredibly reckless speculation. I like where he's going, though. He might be right about both of those things. <gasps> Pretty good. Get some cold cuts. Get some cold cuts. Get some cold cuts. Jamie Staples, 188.3. You know the name Jamie Staples at all, Phil? Mm, uh, descendant of the great uh, office supply store? No, well, I guess it's possible. I don't know that for sure. He's mm. a poker player. He's a poker player, mostly online. He and his ben. brother, Matt Staples, are both poker players, online guys. A bet was made a year oh, ago. Oh, I saw this. March yeah. 25th, 2017. <laughs> that, great. that one year from that date, being this past Sunday, March 25th, 2018, those two could not get their weights to be within one pound of each other. The bet was made by a high, low, high roller guy named Bill Perkins. He put up $150,000. The rub is one of the brothers, Jamie, weighed 304 pounds at the time. The other, Matt, weighed a paltry 134 pounds. Amazing. They uh-huh. weighed in on Sunday at precisely 188.3 pounds each. Wow. So 75 grand to both of them. They won the uh, the little one gained 55ish pounds or which so. Which would be I would think pounds. way easier cuz you can just gain fat if you need to, right? That but would be way easier. He doesn't look very fat. He's I mean, pretty fit. He's, yeah. I mean, he, he looks somewhat up. fit, that's, but also beefy too. That's I mean. a lot of work, right there. Losing 130 pounds would be much more difficult than uh, than I think gaining. What's 50? the payout again? 150 thousand. Yeah, 150 total. 75 each. I would have needed uh, six figures for both to do it. 
That's a lot of work right well, that, there. But like you're getting almost six figures. No, no, but I'm saying I, I would have started at I, I would have said take the total, take the total between the two of us and start there. Which would you rather do? And give me that. Gain it or much. lose it. That's the tough call. Would you guys so if, so, if someone said yeah, to you that's the rook. Because we're not like none of us wait well wow. <laughs> none of was that on the air? <laughs> wow. None of us weigh three hundred pounds yet, I don't think. Yeah. Judd and I are the biggest. If someone said you have to lose like half of your body weight, so whatever you weigh, half your body weight, and you have what was it, eight months, nine months? They had a full year. A full okay, a full year. Yes. How much money would you need to lose half your body weight? Hundred thousand starting. I think I would do it for that much. Hundred thousand, but no less than that. Can we you? make this happen? Can we get a sponsor on board and make this happen? If I got a hundred thousand, <laughs> if 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 one year from now, I had to reach that, and you offered me a hundred thousand, I think I would do it. Right. Seventy-five, I wouldn't do it for. I need the extra money. I need to gain a lot more weight before I consider that. So, Dave, what do you what do you like? One hundred sixty. One seventy. So you'd have to you'd have to get under eighty-five pounds. Oh my that's god, gonna work. that's not healthy. No. Yeah. <laughs> I can't see him. Oh, my God. Are you guys familiar with the vows column in the New York Times? I don't think so, no. You can submit your wedding story, your falling in love story, and they go to your wedding, and they all write a whole bunch of words about that's, how great you two are. That's very Times. Yeah. Very pretentious. I like it. September 2006, Race of Vargas was introduced to Christopher Cheng, a fellow University of Miami undergrad by mutual friends at a football game against Florida State. She was not intrigued. He had face paint that was streaked in the rain. She kind of pushed him off, and he seemed to be more interested in her friend. Anyway, a little while later, they happened to run into each other at the bar. Ah, his face wasn't painted. She thought he was kind of cute, and he thought she was great, and the two agreed to eventually go out on a date, and they hit it off at the Cheesecake Factory. Spoke oh. for a couple hours. They found out they had all sorts of interest. It's where lovers meet, now Cheesecake Factory. Jump back to the vows column. As they get fat. They started dating four or five nights a week, enjoying Mr. Chang's cooking, dining in restaurants, and reading together. I thought he was genuine, said Ms. Vargas, who later showed her loyalty during another Miami-Florida uh, State football game when Mr. Chang was beaten by opposition fans in the stands. Mr. Chang's mother, Helene Woodward, quote, They ganged up on Chris and smashed his face in. Little selfless Raisa jumped on top of him to save his life. His injuries included a broken nose, uh, nose, laceration from lip to chin, and contusions on his body and skull. Frank Guzman, a friend and groomsman for the couple, remembered how, quote, Raisa dragged his bloody limp body into the aisle until police arrived, and he was taken to the hospital. So there's that. That's, <laughs> can I, can that I, took a turn. <laughs> can I, can I call BS? Took a turn. <laughs> I'd like to fact check this story. That's not where I thought that story was going to wind up. I, I don't hey. think anyone thought that story was ending up. You can call BS all you want, but I'm going to believe it. I think the Times That's might romantic. have been had right there. Wow, that is romantic. Someone read the first like two paragraphs of that and then didn't edit the rest or something. That's amazing. So d does he look the same? Was he was he, you know, uh, he's forever he looks scarred so. for hey, life? No, he just wears more face paint now. Very handsome guy. Is he ugly now? now? Yes. <laughs> I mean. She might not not like him as much. He might be disfigured. <laughs> Alrighty then. Uh, hey, twins predictions at the top of the hour. It's Maggie Judd. <laughs> Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. Yeah, screw those guys. I don't even like them. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN.
Join 1500 ESPN and the Beer Show's Chris Ravers for the 2018 Minnesota Brewers Ball. It's coming up Saturday, the 7th of April at the International Market Square building in Minneapolis. Enjoy samples from more than 30 breweries, distilleries, and wineries, all while raising money for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. The evening also includes food, silent and live auctions, general admission, and VIP tickets are on sale now. Details, 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. I want to mock! Mock! I want to mock! Mock! Gentlemen, courtesy of NBCSports.com, this is not a Mm 1.0, not a 2.0, not... 3.045 3.045 or even 6.0. This is now a 7.0 oh, mock draft. Really? Whoa, wow. Dave needs to excuse himself. Woo! 7.0. Oh. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Out of this one. Oof. A smoke and a pancake. Number one overall to the Cleveland Browns, making the uh, mistake here, apparently, of drafting Josh Allen, inaccurate quarterback from Wyoming. Uh, Josh Rosen going number three to the Jets. Sam Darnold number four to the uh, Giants, right? Giants are fourth now. And then uh, Lamar Jackson, 15th to the Arizona Cardinals, which brings us, as we scroll down, to number 30 overall. The Minnesota Vikings going interior offensive uh, line yeah. with Ohio yeah. State center slash guard Billy Price. I want to mock! Mock! I want to Let's read the uh, description here from NBCSports.com. Price is, is the kid that got hurt during the combine right before, right? Torres Peck, yeah. Yeah, that was bad. It's like at 30, though. You'll get a discount on that. The price is right. So you could do... Wow. Well, <laughs> wow. How can you guys ever rip me when you say stuff like that? I want a mock! Mock! I want to mock! Mock! According to NBCSports.com, line help on both sides of the ball are primary needs for the Vikings. That's especially true on offense after signing Kirk Cousins to a fully guaranteed deal. Price partially tore his pectoral at the combine, not expecting a notable draft slide since the recovery time puts him back on the field by the start of training camp. Better need him for the Rams game. Sue, Donald coming up the middle. Want to get to the quarterback, you better pay the price. I want to mock! Mock! I want to mock! Mock! Dave, do you suppose that uh, they thought about maybe filling that need during free agency, but didn't want to pay such a steep price? I want to mock! Mock! I want to mock! Awful radio. It's just terrible right now. You guys make fun of me for train wrecking the show and then spend three and a half minutes taking a name. It's not even that great. You know the biggest problem with his injury at the combine? They had to call the trainer for a price check. I want a mock. Mock. I'm going to get more coffee. I want to mock. Mock. I need more coffee. I can't take this without caffeine. Uh, Twins predictions next.